I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello everybody at Dumpty Dum, this is Auntie Jean here. We are at Hall of Woodhouse in Bath for a Dumpty Dum meetup. Um, I'm here with various people, including um, Louise and Rachel and Luke. And we've had a lovely time, but now we're going to try and see you a Dumpty Dum on the back of Shandies and wine. So, who knows how this will go. Are we ready everybody? Yeah. Right, after three. One, two, three. Dumpty Dum. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the cheque for 30 grand that is Robert Wilson. With me, I have the anti-capitalist tantrum that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the Bridge Farm land grab is you. This week's Dumpty Dum is from the Bath Meetup this weekend, featuring Auntie Jean, Titian73, Luke and Louise Lombard. Goddess Diva was too poorly to attend, so get well soon. And Yokel Bear had a nightmare with GWR trains. Who doesn't? And couldn't get out of Yokelshire. Lucy, <laughs> if someone wants to send us a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or train your cat to fuck the police, then call us on 0203 <laughs> or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs and to Shambridge for the voices and to Derek for in the back bedroom. Derek's uh, giving Lillian's builder a hand in her bathroom to speed things up. It was all going well until he got his olive puller stuck up Philip's bullcock and Connor had to relieve them both with WD-40. You know, I purposely haven't read the script this week so I <laughs> react to it properly. That's absolute filth. <laughs> They're all proper I'm things. Offended. I them up. I'll be going on Twitter later to complain. Yes, you do that. On this and week's episode. I you. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, well, <laughs> don't make that noise. <laughs> Can't help it. I've been licked by a cow. On this week's episode, we have calls from Claire from Clapham, who thinks Lillian should go to the bull. Witherspoon, who thinks Lillian needs to smash the shepherdess. Lord Louise, who thinks everyone panders to Brian. New York Nigel, who has tips of his own for a land grab. Cosmo, who says there's big news are coming, and Christian, who is not, I repeat, not George W. 
bush. But first, <laughs> let's have Lucy B. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. This week in Ambridge, everyone was getting everything sorted. Brian was getting the forage harvester and Rory's attorney sorted. Fallon was getting Auntie Cardboard sorted. Eddie was getting the bed and breakfast sorted. And Philip was trying to get Lillian sorted by the sound of it. Astonishing that everything is in such a bloody mess, really. We began the week with Fallon in the shower. The hot water ran out. Fallon responded to this like most people would respond to a post-apocalyptic zombie attack. But if you spent every day up to your oxters in scone mix, you'd start to see high drama and everything too. They're now having to shower in the bull, but Harrison's worried as Jolene keeps hanging around on the landing, hoping for a glimpse of his loofah. Freddie is having a whale of a time with the pickers. I want to live like common people. Actually, I'm not sure about common people. Lexi sounds like the Polish ambassador. I think she goes wandering around the pickers' caravans holding a tray of Ferrero Rocher. As we predicted, it is all getting a bit fraught at home farm. You know those people in meetings who want to derail them by inventing complications and hauling the topic back round to what they want to talk about? Well, Mm -hmm. Adam's like that. Adam and Jenny. Just Adam and Jenny and, and Kate and Debbie. Oh, actually, and Alice. All right, it's all of them. But it's all going to be all right now as Brian is going to introduce that incisive businessman, David Archer, into the mix as Rory's attorney. Well, he was. But then he invited Dynamic Dave to the bull to talk him into it. And David bowled up in his mobility scooter, sipping Ovaltine <laughs> and wearing his Werther's Originals onesie. <sighs> Clary got cold feet about the fact that Grange Farm is packed to the rafters with paying guests. Don't worry about it, Clary love, said Eddie, which is always a herald of impending disaster. Not as much, admittedly, of a herald of impending disaster as someone saying, at last everything's going our way, which is immediately followed by a Boeing 747 flying into someone's loft extension. Fallon has been shortlisted for the Food and Drink Awards in the category of Most Annoying Background Music in a Cafe. Helen's been shortlisted too for her cheese. She's launched some new cheese flavours. Alongside Borchester Blue, she's got E. coli Express, which goes through you like a train. And a Tichnotelegio, which has a gentle mouthfeel initially and then chokes you when you're not expecting it. Best served with custard. Will wants some balls that test him. Shane Parvel's left, really. Anisha is still being extremely weird with Rex. Even when his phone rings, she goes huffy and says, oh, well, if it's really important, and then announces she's only in this for a bit of fun. She is frankly getting right up my nose. You still owe us a huge unspecified amount of money, said David to Kenton. But I gave you a cheque for an unspecified amount already, Dave, said Kenton. Yes, but that still leaves an unspecified amount you owe me, said David. For goodness sake, it's like listening to blankety blank. Oh, it's the fate. Yep. Yep, it's the fate again. Fatey, 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 fatey. Linda might resign. She might not. Fallon might take over. She might not. Do you know what? I can't be bothered. It's exactly the same as last year. Just listen to that. It'll be in the archives somewhere, probably. Krusty and Jill at the Ambridge Girl Guide Troop are working in the Busy Hands Cafe. It is no coincidence that the very morning Hootie started working there, it was immediately shut down. Probably that cough. She'll give everyone TB. Jill has started sounding as if she's edging towards the emergency exit at the moment. She's got this tickly throat and then she keeps using her floaty voice. Oh, look, there's Lillian. Oh, I think I'll just lean up against his post box and fade away. Tom was banging on about kimchi and kefir again. Maybe Tom and Helen could go out coconutting on them with Aziz and Amir. 
Meanwhile, Pat is still treating Justin as if he's something she's trodden in, even while he's chasing around the room like Benny Hill waving checks at her. Then he went over to Bridge Farm and Helen patronised him into the ground and said, you're not really in our family. We don't like you. We don't like you, you see. We're slightly more intelligent and just better all round. Um, we find money a little bit grubby compared with the purity of the land. But if you could just fork over the 75 grand and stand still so I can get the last 20p out of your pocket, that would be great. <laughs> Hubris, thy name is Bridge Farm. You'd think they'd have bloody learned by now. The end. <sighs> well, that was marvellous this week. And it actually touched on a few uh, touched on a few touched on a few things I wanted to talk about because I I hadn't mentioned it on Twitter, but I am slightly worried about Jill's cough. Oh. Don't you think there's I don't know whether she's She's got an onslaught, on, an onslaught of en- emphysema coming. There, I can't say that properly. It's not even a proper sentence. Do you know what but, I uh, think it's going to be? What? Do you want me to get really boring and proper? Shall I get really boring and proper? I'm sorry in advance for everybody getting really boring. Go on. I get think really she's going to have uh, <laughs> noises off. I think she's going to have developed an allergy to something like uh, nicotinoids <gasps> that are one of the be- the things that are killing oh. the bees. Or Hilda Ogden, which is another <laughs> thing I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> Bloody hell, that cat is... Ab- it's, someone should bring a shotgun round. And I'm not advocating felinicide, if that's a felinicide. But, oh, good God, it's a danger to man and beast, that it thing, is. isn't it? It, it is. It was hilarious when, I did. <laughs> when it got Harrison. I, I did enjoy <laughs> three that. Three times it got Harrison as well. And then yes. Auntie Cardboard said... He's all right. He just attacks you when you try and leave. <laughs> so she and attacks like, you when you arrive, when you're sitting down, and when you try and leave. Apart from that, it's fine. Do you remember oh, that? Was he um... in uniform at the time? Because I was slightly worried it might have scratched his helmet. <laughs> boom, boom. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. Tip your waitress. Do you remember that? Um, who was it? Oh, for God's sake, I've, compl- I've gone blank. He used to do monologue. He was the first comedian that did, ra- not the first one, but he did radio monologues. Introducing, Al Reed, introducing you to our, us to ourselves. Okay. And he used to do this. Four more time, do- love. <laughs> he used to do this thing with a dog, with a dog that he'd got this dog. Oh, yeah. and, and it was just, you could just hear him going, right, come in, come in, sit down. Don't make eye contact. Don't look at him. Don't he love you. Look. Oh, he likes Don't you. Don't touch Don't his move. dish. Yes, <laughs> And it just reminds me, it just really reminds me of Hilda Olden, the entire village being held to ransom by this mangy old disgusting cat. But this can only end but it never, one it way. Never, it, yeah, Anisha taking It's going to end up, up the front of a combine harvester, isn't yeah. it? No, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, it um, has, has the, it, this thing has never attacked um, uh, her yet, has it? It's never attacked no. Peggy. It's just attacked everyone else. Maybe, maybe it, it's, What's that thing that they they give people, cats? The the, the thing that you get from babies. Their feces, yeah. You think it's that got thing rabies? that makes you blind and and makes you take risks. <laughs> begins with a T. Tequila. I can't remember. Tequila. What? Tequila. Tequila. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yes. me blind and take risks. Definitely. Don't eat the worm. Don't eat the worm, <laughs> Lucy. So we got we got that bloody cat. Yeah. And then oh, Will is just hateful oh, isn't he, he really... oh see the more they make him horrible the more you think you look at nice old nikki and you think why would she put up with him why would she just not yep. go no do you know what fuck off you are just unpleasant you just you have no redeeming qualities goodbye has he always been that horrible 
do you think? He was always quite pompous. As a boy. Was he dropped on his head as a boy? He was dropped on Ed's head by as a boy, I think. I think he was sort <laughs> of... Um, uh, I think he was always quite pompous. Um, mm-hmm. and that Nothing wrong wor- with that, Liz. And, <laughs> and the worse... Uh, Ed, the more badly behaved Ed got, the more pompous yeah. he became to compensate. Because oh. he was the good, the responsible one and the good one. And now he's just turned into like a... He sounds like a sort of a, you know, a 70-year-old football supporter. Just, you know... Rah, 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 rah. I you know, don't want women on the cricket team, don't want this, don't want that. And I also think, well, is, that... is it because Anisha is brown as well that he's not <gasps> very keen? No, I hadn't really um, thought of that. I think just he's a general misogynist, and it's mm. the voice. The voice is really irritating. Yeah, yeah. So it's, got, it's up there, but then it's got the right there, that, like that. So it's got... <laughs> I'm no shambridges, I admit <laughs> I don't do all the voices, but <laughs> like that, it's uh, it's it's quite irritating. Like someone who's recently so stopped I wish... their toe. Mm, he should disappear up the front of a combine harvester as well with that bloody cat. Shut in a room with Hilda Ogden, and then the, with hey? the, he should just be shut in a room with Hilda Ogden, and then they can kind of only one of them will emerge. Maybe Hilda Ogden will be caught in one of Will's snares. <gasps> but he's. That would be good. It would. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> it no, would be excellent. I'm all it for would it. be excellent, yeah. <laughs> and of course, a cat trapped in a snare would be vicious and it will probably scratch his throat out, and that'll be the end of both of them. Yay! It's a win win. <laughs> this, this stupid rigmarole about the the shower and the and the 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 uh the boiler yeah right auntie cardboard hasn't got a bloody clue i mean surely she has a, a, you, when you rent out your house you get a, a service agreement with yeah a big gas supplying company for example because yeah. they have to come around and they you have, they have to issue a gas certificate yeah every year yeah and and it costs you next to now to you know 20 yeah. quid a month to insure this every landlord i have had has had this yeah um and even lillian doesn't know about this and you just think I no. Everyone who writes for the Archers is a homeowner, mm, and they, they, they've never had to live in a slum, have they? Yeah, but honestly, you just don't the know. fuss about, you know, she'd only washed her... Well, she said, I've only washed half my hair, and I was thinking, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Which, above or below the... Yeah, well, no, that's what I was thinking, and then she said, oh, I've got to go to Mum's now and have a proper shower, and I thought... What are you talking about? It's just absolute nonsense. But the way the overreaction, oh my God. And then there's poor old Emma sounding like something out of Thomas Hardy in a chicken factory going. Oh, yes. oh. Sometimes when I'm working yeah. at the chicken factory, oh, it's all that keeps me going. <laughs> when yes, I'm piling I... up the giblets, I just think to myself, one day I'll have a cottage. Oh, for fuck's sake. Ridiculous. Mm, no hope. And then what? what is, is this the worst name for a cafe ever? It, apart from the Ambridge Cafe or whatever that Bridge Farm Cafe is called is. Happy Friends Cafe. It sounds... It sounds like, you know, if you go to, I've never been to China, but people used to bring yes, cigarettes back yes. from China and they were called double happiness <laughs> with extra cancer cigarettes. And that's what it sounds like, doesn't yes. it? Well, I've been calling it the Filthy Fingers Cafe, <laughs> mentally. Oh, then. I, my fingers are naked, not filthy. <laughs> Yeah, yes. and Kirsty's been a bit of a hypocrite. It's a bit of a callback to what I said a couple of weeks ago about um, you can only feed the world if you stop growing organic food and genetically modify yeah. them. And then she's bringing up this 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 idea that oh, 
the, the Happy Friends Cafe is there to feed yes, the world, yeah. etc. On love. I don't I know. Used to, what, I, I used to get on with. I know. I don't know what work conditions she is under, but she seems to have about, I'd say, about twelve days off a week, and yep. most of them, and, and and she fulfills all her volunteering obligations, left, right, and centre. She never. Well, seems all she's to got to do is make sure someone's folded the towels, and then she yeah. can clock off, can't she? Count the flip flops and make sure there's an even number at the end. <laughs> <laughs> So, I quite like that image. I don't know. One, two, flip flop counting. Do you think you have to put them in a big basket, a big bin at the end of it? <laughs> come in there. Oh, I've never. You know, I've never had a spa treatment. Have you not? I was thinking about. No, I was thinking about having having one done before I go to California in September. You know, being tidied up, etc. But I thought, oh, can't be asked. Literally. Oh. So I'm not oh, doing you mean that. Tidying up round the back. Sack and crack, is that what you're on about? Back, sack and crack. Well, yeah. maybe not that far, but I don't know. I just... Do you, do you I'm giving too much away off? again, aren't I? Edit this bit out, Royfield, for you. <laughs> no, we're, we're, I'm fine with that. But yeah, it's <laughs> what a week. That's what. That's all I can say. Goodness me. Well, when we, I'll let you know when we're properly off air again, again, and then you can um, tell Sorry, me about that's it. Over there. Speak again. I said when we've properly turned off, then I will say, then you can tell me what's happened. Um, but we have had oh. lots of nice caller in this week. Hello, Ambridge3962. Now, I think what we're going to do, if it is all right with you, Mr. Filthy Fingers, is yes. if we put together New York Nigel... And Cosmo and Christian. What a combination. Is so it this like is... a, a triple segue? It's a three-way. That's what we're doing. Um, mm, well, first time for everything. Because they're all saying basically the same thing. Yeah. And if we play them all now, you will, good listener, appreciate exactly what the thing is that they're all saying. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Nigel here. I haven't called for a bit because the church I'm in charge of has just concluded a ridiculously complicated and expensive land deal. We swapped what used to be a farm in Dutch Brooklyn with a building around the corner from the dreadful Donald Trump. And we discovered several things before we made a huge blunder. Number one, tell nobody what you're doing, apart from hired professionals who are going to give you two estimates current value of the property compared with properties of a similar sort, and a highest and best use of the property, dependent on granting planning permission, susceptibility to flooding, all of that. Number two, this costs a lot of money. You certify the deeds, you hire lawyers, you pay real estate agents agents to keep their mouths shut. You get yourself a budget before you even open your mouth. And number three, you stay cool at all times, no matter what figures are offered. Good 15 to 20% of what's offered goes to legal fees, contract fees, commission, valuations, and you talk only to the people you trust. And you've got to be very, very nice to the people that you're trying to do business with. So three points on this ridiculous story in the Archers. Number one, 
I know Ambridge isn't Manhattan, but as far as I can see, Justin made an offer independent of all of those other considerations. Bridge farm archers aren't just foundering ignoramuses. They, they're also nasty, spiteful to somebody that they're supposed to be doing business with, family or not. You don't treat anyone that way. Number two, Susan, fired. She replaced Martha Woodford in the village shop many years ago, precisely because she inherited Martha's gigantic, gospers elasticated dairy boots. She's lost her employer, £150,000. Tom's also responsible for this. Okay, he's no better and he's no worse than Susan. They're both working from the same self-promotional place. So, Tom, one point, he's got all the lingo, business plans, farming grant, the semi-digested baby food or whatever it is. And the next minute, he's just like a Fisher-Price toy entrepreneur with no idea. He probably be better off managing the Happy Friends Cafe. That farm, frankly, is doomed. And is Johnny the only nice bridge farm archer? Well, at least Lillian can see both sides. I'm totally with Witherspoon, I'm afraid, unless Matt is startlingly handsome and Justin looks like a slug, she's on the right thing. Evening everyone, Cosmo here. I have already floated this idea on Twitter, so some of you will have heard it before. I just thought I should point out the truth about the plans for the new houses at Bridge Farm. As Tom's contact pointed out, it would only work for him at a higher price if he went for a much larger development than the 16 or 18 houses on Bridge Farm. Justin is actually planning for about 70, I rather think. When he was out coconutting with Lillian a few weeks ago, looking at the local land, she could not remember who owned the woodland the other side of the bridleway they were on with Bridge Farm land on the other side. However, going back several years, we know that when Justin first came to the village, Damara were buying many odd pockets of land because of Route B and the possible service station. It was only briefly mentioned, but I bet one of those pockets was the woodland next to Bridge Farm. So Justin owns the woodland, but he needs the three and a half acres from Bridge Farm as it provides an access route from the lane to the woodland area and so enables the much larger development to have proper access and will be a much more significant development with light and noise at the bottom of Bridge Farm. Wait till they see the planning application. We heard how much time he was spending with the planning consultant, far more than either the little pig pen or a small development of three and a half acres would need. So mark my words. The big development is coming. Bye, everyone, and thanks for keeping the podcast going. Uh, please send me dumpty dum dogs and so on, and I will post them up on our website. Bye. Hey, dumpty dum, it's Christian again. So my main thing with this message is what's up with Justin Elliott? Doesn't he realize that rumors go around Ambridge faster than the great fire of Rome? Is he going to be our Caesar just fiddling while Ambridge burns? I don't understand this whole thing of, I'll pay you a million dollars, and I'll pay you nine hundred dollars, and I'll pay you thirty thousand dollars. What the hell's going on? I don't understand the business well, so that may be my fault. Also, to Lucy, thank you for telling me you like my voice. As somebody who hates the way he sounds, especially on recording, it's very nice to hear. And no, I'm not George H.W. Bush. He wasn't even president when I was born. Thank you all. Have a good day. And as we could tell, the thing that they're all saying is this land deal is a pile of pants. 
It's absolutely yes. ridiculous. They haven't had the land valued. Pat is Pat and Helen are just behaving like outraged. I don't know what they're be. They're just it's just beyond insanity. But they're being yeah. so snotty and unpleasant to Justin, who is trying to literally, you know, is forking over money to them after they rejected his offer. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, and he's it, holding out an olive branch yeah. bigger than the General Sherman Sequoia. Yes, um, and they're shoving it up his bottom, as far as I can tell. Ooh. But just... Again first, by the sound of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the whole lot of them... Uh, the last time I was on, I was saying I was losing sympathy with Tom. And um, the whole lot of them are just behaving so badly and mm. snottily. And, mm. and it's, it's, in my mind, it is, is it because they are so, they feel that they've betrayed themselves and their own, uh, their own ethos and principles uh, because they're selling off a bit of land. Well, no one's twisting their arm. No, I mean, they're not. The way when Pat said, I, my jaw dropped when she said to Justin, you don't know what it's like selling land that's part of you. And I thought, fucking don't sell it then. Just say, no, yeah. we've changed our mind. It's fine. Just carry on as you are. You know, you want it. So when someone says, righto, let's do, you know, let's do that and makes you a colossal offer, you say, thank you very much. And then you shut up. You don't try and make them feel bad. For, it's just absolute nonsense and I always find that the most judgmental people ever are the mm. ones who've actually yet they kind of con you into thinking oh well they're very they're very good and they're, 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 and they're clearly very successful or they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't uh, feel equipped to comment on the what I'm doing because they're obviously so successful and then at some point you suddenly think hang on a minute and they're the people whose lives have been by and large a pretty gigantic disaster and when you look at Pat and Tony, they have not been a massive success. They've ricocheted from disaster to disaster, both personally and professionally and everything else. And yet mm-hmm. they still are so superior. Well, you know, the first thing that sprung to my mind is um, Justin gives them 30 grand as an option on this three acres of land. And what was the size of their solicitor's bill from last year for, yep. for Helen's trial? Yep. It was 30 grand. Yeah. So they found 30 grand for that. Yeah. Or they, they owe it. So they should be using that to pay that off instead yeah. of, instead of what buying a few chairs. So, so people can s- sit on them and hear Helen talk about making cheese or, <laughs> or what, what investment does Tom have to make in, in fermented what is, by the way, I haven't looked it up. What the hell is kaffir? It's um like yogurty stuff, yogurty drink, sort oh. of a bit like lassi type stuff. Okay, Hor- horrible, <laughs> horrible is what it is. I yes, think. this is going to definitely go tits up. For yeah. Monty, he might get away with producing genuine Borsetshire sauerkraut, but <laughs> Hungarian pickled dill, gherkins, and kaffir. It is. It's not going to buy him a Bentley. And, uh, and and I bet Matt would tell him that. He hasn't got his Bentley from... Well, that's all right, because he doesn't that. want a Bentley, because that's like, it's about money, and they're not about money. They're about protecting the land, apparently. Bullshit. I know. But they've, they've just behaved so badly, and I can't wait until uh, the, the Ambridge karma descends upon them and uh, 
something really horrible happens to them all. <laughs> God, I sound awful. <laughs> yeah, but it kind of has because they had Rob and we all had massive, massive sympathy for them for two years. And yeah. they've managed to destroy all of that within three months. And now we all want to kill them. Oh, Pick I can't wait sticks. for Rob to come back. I've told you that before and I'll <laughs> no, tell you it again. He's no. coming back. No, no, I'm not listening to you. Get thee behind me, okay. Satan. He's not. La, 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 la. I'm not listening. Shall we do, before we have a domestic, shall we do mm-hmm. Claire from Clapham? Let's do Claire from Clapham. Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. Just wanted to talk about Lillian, who's just been hard work all week because she's had her emotions all stirred up by Matt. And to Lillian I say, get yourself down to the bull and in a private conversation with Jolene, open up your heart, get it all out in the open and let, let Jolene counsel you out of it because that's what they've done before. Um, if she's got any sense, which she doesn't seem to have at the moment, she'll go and talk it through with a friend and get the emotions out there instead of just having it all churn up. Um, and normally she's quite sensible about that. I think eventually she confided in Jolene about her affair with Paul. So I'm hoping that's what she does pretty quickly before she makes everyone's life a misery. Anyway, uh, that's all for now. Keep up the good work. Bye. Well, she could go and talk to Jolene, Claire from Clapham, if Jolene hadn't taken a vow of silence. But uh, Mm. if she tried to do it now, it would be a little bit of a one-sided conversation, I think, as Jolene hasn't said anything useful for about six months. No, I mean, she did set up a direct (laughs) debit. (laughs) I wish that I could log on to my bank as fast as Kenton got onto his. Blimey, I have to forget my password three times. And then they say, have you forgotten your username and your password? And I say, yes, I have. Aren't I clever? It goes on. And Ambridge. Ambridge is in the middle of nowhere. You'd be lucky to get one blob on 3G there, wouldn't you? No, No, because they put Wi-Fi in the bull, didn't they? To try and encourage people to work from there. I see. There we're up. That's why they pay me the big money. Weren't they in the garden? Yes, they were. I imagine, right. imagine David having a sandwich in the garden. <laughs> Wi-Fi in the garden. Remarkable. <laughs> High-speed broadband. <laughs> Thank you, Tory government. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Lillian was being quite uh, irritating this week. She was, but as I said the last time, uh, she she does know when she's behaved badly, and she did, and she knew she was behaving mm. badly at the time, but she couldn't help herself but she's at the end of the week she's coming back round to redeeming herself i think don't well, you I, I did like her um her having a pop at the bridge farm archers and said stop picking on my justin <laughs> which is quite good well i i what do you think of your uh, your monologue the last time i was on and you said uh, she should go back off with matt now run off into the sunset oh well, Waving her arms out the top of the sunroof <laughs> in his Bentley. You're obsessed with his bloody Bentley. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, ideally, I wanted to just figure out how to be happy without needing a penis and a wallet to prop her up. But if that's well, I've been what, trying to do that for years. And... <laughs> 
prop yourself up on your own penis and wallet. But I think, yeah, I mean, ideally, she wouldn't have either of them. I just don't think, I think she was clearly very conflicted about that middle exchange with Matt yeah. when she fell off the horse. Uh, she mm-hmm. fell off the coconuts. Um, but... But then she has sort of flashes of being very defensive about just of being very loyal to Justin, doesn't she? Like she went yeah. when Kirsty said, "Oh, he's just like Matt." And she said, "No, he's not. Actually, you've made it all clear." And went stomping off in her Jimmy Choo's to go and shout at um, them. Uh, but I still don't think her heart's in it. Or maybe her heart's in it, but other parts of her anatomy aren't. Maybe it's that. Oh crikey! I don't even want to go there. But... <laughs> Once she gets the bathroom sorted out, and yes. they've decided on the colour, because yes. there isn't a lot of, there's not a lot of natural light in that bathroom. I don't know whether you picked that up. I know. Do you um, know what? I feel like I could, I could describe that bathroom. <laughs> I could draw it with measurements. Well, what I thought was weird. It's, it's odd how I'm picking up on all the, if not the plot holes, then the the, the foibles of, of the plot is that right? They've got the builders in. They've been doing this bathroom for the best part of three weeks. She hasn't even chosen a bloody sink yet. She'd just got a bath. They'd knocked the sink out with a lump hammer and she hadn't even chosen one to fit in there. And you just think, is this how you do it? I mean, I've never had a bathroom refitted. The last one we did is when my dad fitted our own bathroom uh, back in the 1980s. And you get one guess at the colour. Avocado. Bingo. Yay! <laughs> it's still in there. We'll never sell the house. <laughs> oh dear. Um uh, Lord Louis, let's do Lord Louise. Alright. Hello, Lucy and Naked Fingers, who I have come to think of as the visiting uncle of the Dumpty Dum podcast hosts. Uh this is Lord Louise calling in and hello to all fabulous Dumpty Dummers near and far. I just have a few thoughts this week. First of all, from Thursday's episode, I kind of like Brian being forced to reconsider his bullshit bulldozing ways via David's old man act, but I'd rather his family actually stand up to him and hold him accountable for the actual legal ramifications of the partnership, not dictatorship, that he set up. I'm dying for the day they get together and unite against him, and when Brian realizes he's actually powerless, I will be cackling with glee. He has more than earned a major comeuppance. Then on Friday's episode, Kirstie's sarcastic comment about how Matt Crawford was quote-unquote like Justin, not a ruthless businessman, was such a harsh burn on Lillian. When Lillian stormed away, had clearly held high, was this her moment where she thought, the hell with Matt, Justin's actually a good man worth fighting for? Or was she just fed the hell up with the vicious gossip? I can't tell, and I am curious to find out. Later in that same episode, Helen and Tom can be such babies. Just really infantile. They play sibling dynamics to a T, and they're written so annoyingly realistically. They're clearly replaying old patterns of interaction from when they were actually small children fighting over a toy. I found it compelling, infuriating, uh, and really interesting, and quite well written. That's it for me. Uh, I hope everyone is well and happy and excited to hear what comes out in the podcast this week. Bye-bye. The family should be holding Brian to account. The family has never held Brian to account. Actually, Debbie has when he got Mm. Siobhan up the clangor. Um, But that's about the only time, I think, really. Um, Well, he's still... Go on. 
Who decided that Rory needed an attorney? Was that Adam? I, I, I don't know, but I think it would it would be something that you would do anyway. Because <laughs> I guess in business, uh, and uh, they've had legal advice over the years, that's what you would have to do. You'd have to have someone who has power of attorney for you to represent you if you're, because Rory's what, 14 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So I guess you would have that. But... Um, no mention of a solicitor or, or <laughs> anyone to draw not. up contracts. No. I mean, the same person that's doing this is doing the bridge farm land grab yeah. as well. No, the only time you need a solicitor mm. is uh, when you need someone to cry with you because that's when you get Usher in. That's it. <laughs> and and Usha disappears for years at a time and then suddenly pops up again. Um, no one ever does anything in a remote, efficient, unemotional way. It's all got to be done in the heat of the moment and, you know. Yeah. I'm not even sure Brookfield, when they divvied Brookfield up in their typically cack-handed way, which resulted in loads of people having loads of it and some people not having any of it. Um, mm. I don't think they even involved a solicitor then. Well, you'd have to, to drop the contract and separate the deeds. And Well, if they do have solicitors, they don't listen to them. No. Um, I mean, you'd at least give Rodwell's a ring, wouldn't you? <laughs> You'll oh. never remember why. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's nonsense. But I guess maybe the point is that if you if you were too true to life with this, it would be so bloody boring that yes. you wouldn't be listening. But you, you, you'd sort of make a mention, wouldn't you? You, you, you know. Well, it's just, it's got to make sense, hasn't it? Mm. You've got, you know, you, if you were... If somebody came along to me and said, I would like to buy your house, Lucy, for two million pounds, mm -hmm. I would either go, brilliant, thank you very much, I will have the cheque and I will see you in Harvey Nichols. I would, or I would go, ooh, hello, I sh I'd better have this valued to, because if this person yes. thinks it's worth two million pounds, maybe it's worth more than that, I don't know. But I wouldn't just... Wander, stop total strangers on the street and say, would you like to buy my house? Someone else wants it for quite a lot of money. And they go, no, thank you very much. I've got a house of my own. And then I go, oh, all right then. And then, you know, go back to the original person who says, well, I don't bloody want it now. I mean, you, you, it's just, I know, I know introducing boring logistics would make, render it dull. Mm. But, you know, we put up with a fucking flower and produce show. We can take boredom. We've done it before. But it's just this, 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 when it leaves plot holes and characters acting out of um, uh, character yep. <laughs> and, and plot holes that you could gallop Bartleby through, what's, yep. the, what's the point? It just, it just negates the rest of it. It's just daft. And you just have people listening to their radios going, oh, for God's sake, which is, I'm sure, not what they're intending us to do. No, um, maybe it's because uh, I, now that I do this, I listen every night to the, the live episode or the podcast that night. Then I listen to the Sunday omnibus and then Monday afternoon I have another listen. So, <laughs> so basically it's wrecked your life. That's what you're trying to say, isn't it? It's, it's, it's ruined my you, life. You, you yes. used to have sex am... occasionally, you used to have a job. Now all you do is listen to the archers compulsively. Yeah, I'm, I'm dreaming yeah. about fermented... Foods, uh, <laughs> definitely. <sighs> now, utter nonsense. But uh, this, but this is the big story that they were talking about after Rob 
uh, buggered off to Minnesota, isn't it? That there was going to be a bit of a conflict mm-hmm. uh, of, of, uh, with Home Farm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's going to be about Rory because uh, Brian was going to want Rory to have a share in it as if he was one of the original family rather than one of Brian's add-ons, which I think is what we can describe him as, poor little sod. Yeah. So if if we're not going to get David being the attorney, um, who else is it going to be? I mean, I thought, I thought, now, call me stupid if you will, but I thought, well, what about Pip? You're stupid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what about Pip! Toby then? Toby, that's a good idea. He can. <laughs> Pip couldn't argue her way out of a paper bag, and she's incapable of of representing. Anyway, the way she's in, she just say, "Oh, it's all right, it's all right, Rory. I'll just pay. I'll just give you all my savings. That's all right. I'll just go. I'll just go and eat some. I eat some fermented foods at the bottom of Tom's compost bin, and you can have all my money. It's all right. It's fine. All right. Oh, that sh- is I'll a shut up, daft idea, Jimus. Jimus. Well, he doesn't know anything about farming. That's and true. He'd say, everything will be said in Latin. Yeah. And um, it would be the longest be... legal contract in the world. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't know whether you were declensioning, <laughs> if that were correct. Declining. Declining, or uh, yeah, or reclining. <laughs> oh, we haven't heard from Jimus for a while. Um, I mm. know, Johnny. Oh, Will's brilliant! Johnny! <laughs> oh, I love farms! <laughs> but Johnny is turning out to be the only nice person at Bridge yeah. Farm, and the only one, I think, <laughs> that once once they get Johnny into the will, if if there's some kind of terrible haystack collapse that, that wipes them all out, and Johnny <laughs> takes over the farm, all for the good, as far as I'm concerned. They all get sucked down into the sewage reed bed. Oh, God, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> what a way to go. A terrible demise. Foundering in your own poo. Oh, with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Robert, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, wishing you all a happy 4th. Yes, I know most of you don't celebrate it, but we all like a good fireworks display now and then. While not quite the stuff of fireworks, Lillian did give it good to the Bridge Farm archers on Friday. First off, Pat and Helen have been wrong. Tom set off the conflict with Justin by trying to renegotiate the contract terms at the last minute. I've been witness to this in real estate dealings, and it's a nasty business. Justin didn't lower the price at that point. He told Tom to go off and find a better deal. Only when Tom returned, hat in hand, did Justin then use this to his advantage. It's possible that Justin will reinstate the million-pound sale as a goodwill gesture to the family. Anyway, the £100,000 difference is only 25000 per person for each of the four of them. Now back to Lillian. It's been a difficult week for her as she's been wrestling with her conscience over her concealed encounters with Matt, resulting in surliness and accusing Justin of not being forthcoming when she has been the holder of secrets. Note the use of the psychological defense mechanisms of reaction formation and projection. But even without the benefit of therapy, Lillian had some sudden insights and realized what she has with Justin. Now, will she come clean with him? Very few secrets are kept forever in Ambridge, and it would probably be good for Lillian and Justin's relationship in the long run if she revealed all. 
At the very least, chuck those figurines over the garden wall. Lillian should have dropped them on the ground when Matt first gave them to her, but psychologically, she hadn't yet buried her relationship with Matt. I hope she has now. Well, Angus is looking at me with those sad eyes of his. Time to take him for a walk. We'll talk again soon. Sorry, Witherspoon, I didn't mean to segue from floundering in your own poo to your call. But anyway, um, <laughs> well, I, Witherspoon, I hope he doesn't reinstate the sale, uh, reinstate the original figure, because the ungrateful sods don't deserve it, quite frankly. Do we think Lillian is being surly because she's keeping secrets and she just really dislikes keeping secrets? And she hasn't told about falling off the horse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's... I, d- I think she's... Well, it's exactly what uh, what Witherspoon says, is that it's this projection... And what's the other term? Is yes, I'm forgetting my psychological terms here. But she's... Um, she is projecting her emotions, and uh, because she's repressing uh, certain truths, she's putting her in a bad mood. I should be a therapist, shouldn't I? <laughs> there we are. <laughs> I've sorted it out. <laughs> but, I mean, I've sort of... When I've kept... Not secrets, because I don't have any secrets, but um, when I've kept emotions to myself, then it, it, it's bound to leak out, isn't it? Mm. So to speak, you know. It, <laughs> yeah. The, the psyche has many crevices out which emotions will pour and um good god what was i saying about nothing leaky, wrong with leaky, being pompous leaky uh, crevices that's what you're talking about i think yeah. i think she sees justin i think she finds it hard to she's basically in a morally she's in a sort of um a very very basic western and matt is riding around looking a bit sexy in a black hat and justin is looking solid and dependable in a white hat and she can't accept that possibly both of them are actually wearing gray and i think that's the problem she's so determined that her behavior with justin and her relationship with justin is going to be so irreproachable and above board she can't quite believe that she's lied to him already Mm. That's what I think. Because she said, to, "Who did she say this to?" She said it to um, no somebody or other that um, that she was being nasty to Justin, and she couldn't quite work out why. But Kenton. she knew she was doing. Kenton, she said it's Kenton. 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 Okay. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. we all go to Kenton for love advice, don't we? <laughs> and money advice. He's ace. oh yeah, money, love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sandwiches. Uh, um, sandwiches. And she needs to bin those figurines. Oh, definitely. definitely. Well, you, you can't have something think... physical that's like a physical reminder hanging around. You just can't. If you're going to make a new start, it's got to be a new start and you get rid of everything. Well, maybe that's exactly what she'll do. She'll just toss those the shepherdess. And, is it a shepherdess and a shepherd? Yes. Is there one of each? Yes. So she'll, she'll chuck them out the window. Yeah. Um, we'll hear them smash, and that will be uh, a, a figurative end. You see the, the good pun there? A figurative end to... Um, <laughs> so good that no one got it. Uh, is a, an end to that uh, conflict in, the, in her um, desires, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, maybe she'll smash it, and inside, Matt will have, will have inserted a rolled-up note expressing his undying love and begging her to come back to him. Well, I still think they're packed to the drawstring with coke, 
but don't know. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, that could be the case. <laughs> Costa Rican horse tranquilizer. Um, oh, by the way, Christian, I can't tell. You are so deadpan. I can't actually tell whether or not you were offended that I said you sounded like George W. Bush. I just meant you had a very nice voice. And I'm sorry if I offended you for, because George W. Bush is quite old. I didn't mean you sounded old. I just meant that you had a nice voice. Oh, dear. I can't tell now whether he's cross or not. Um, we have had an email from Welsh Witch. Oh, oh. Who says, am I the only one who suspects Justin has hooked up with Lillian with an eye on business, with an eye to business opportunities rather than pure love? I thought it was very suspect the way that the whole land sale business is being conducted and the way that Justin seems to resent any Archer family member questioning him. Also, he seems to be setting Brian up for a fall, as most of the dirty work now seems to be falling to Brian to do. And I think Lillian is a woman who is protesting her love for Justin a little too enthusiastically. Mm. I think this is very true. However, I poss- I'm possibly leaning towards Cosmo's um, suggestion that yeah. Justin is resenting anybody questioning him because actually his plans for the land are a lot more grandiose than he's admitted. Yes, uh, quite possibly. Uh, that 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 this uh, initial. Uh, piece of land is is just an access route. Mm. Yeah. Because as Cosmo said, he was interested in that who owns the wood on the other side, wasn't he? Well, you know... They'll have a bypass. We'll have a bypass bypass before we know where we are. (laughs) NIMBYism is is rife in Ambridge. Yes. And um, it's bloody hypocritical. Um, Everyone's house in Ambridge was once built... Uh, so there wasn't a house there before and then someone bloody well built it so yes. you could go and live in it and yes. what this country needs is more houses so more people can live in them yes. and as long as they're affordable all to the good so stop bloody complaining and you might actually have some people who go to the shop yes mm. either of the shops do you know that's another very good point that New York mm. Nigel made that Susan should have just been fired immediately. I mean, that yes. was where, for me, one of the things that went completely was just abject nonsense in this whole storyline. But I guess because Pat and Susan are quite close and they're friendly ish, aren't they? Well, um, not really. I mean, Pat moans mean? about her every chance she could get. Okay. She's closer to Clary. Nobody's that's, really close yes, to Susan because I don't trust her. That's true. Uh, it would be awfully difficult to fire her, wouldn't it? In in, in that it would be, it would be. Well, even though she's just cost awkward. you a quarter of a million quid. Hmm. Yeah. I think I well, could actually, struggle through. Tom cost them the money, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they should fire him. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Excellent. Pack him off back to Canada. Yes. God, I can't believe that. He's travelled the world and he's just made it more boring. Travel's supposed to open the mind, isn't it? It's like he went to he went to, to he went to find himself and he found yeah. himself and he figured out that he there were lots of ways in which he could become even more dull than he was before and so he's doing that. Oh, you know what? I I yearn for the days of Sausage Boy now because at yeah. least I'm interested in sausages. All the ready meals, even the ready meals. I used yeah. to quite like the tastings. Has this cottage mm. pie got too much salt in it? How do we What's know it? we're listening to you on the sodding radio? 
What was that, the thing they did with pork? It sounded utterly appalling. Oh, I don't know, but yes, I remember. Mm. It, 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 didn't, it didn't fill me with, with uh, a ravenous appetite, let's put it that way. But yeah, Tom, just oh, personality transplant, please. Like another transplant of yeah. your personality. Back to uh, the old one. I think I prefer the old Tom. I can't believe that we're missing Sausage Boy. I know. Cool, well, it's dear. such a good term anyway, isn't it? Sausage boy. <laughs> I mean, fermentation lad is just not, doesn't have a ring to it, does it? I was, I emptied my um, compost bin this weekend and there was all what, that. the little ones? No, the, the big the one. The, garden, the big the... one. Ooh, and you know, there's, there's all that strange bin juice in the bottom. And mm-hmm. I, I was peering at it. And flies were landing on it. And I was thinking, that's what Tom makes food out of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's essentially what he's doing. He's composting cabbage and gherkins and cow's milk to to make stuff that middle class people who've got more money than cents buy from Underwood's food department. Yep. The, yep. Right, th- this reminds me, right, we spoke with Jill, Jill, this yes. bloody happy friends cafe thing. And she was, she was saying, oh, yes, and I used to, um, I used to demonstrate gadgets. And then she couldn't remember the name of the, the shop she worked <laughs> in. And I thought that was, but you would remember your fir- yes. the place you first worked, yes. wouldn't you? And then Kirsty said it and she said, oh, that brings back memories. I thought, well, it clearly doesn't because you, you couldn't remember it a minute ago. <laughs> Yes. But all it, I mean, as much as I criticise the arches, I, I do love it, I have to say. Of course we do. Otherwise, we wouldn't spend, uh, you know, an hour of our free time recording this nonsense if we didn't love it. Absolutely. Good God. Right. <laughs> is it time? Is yeah, it okay. time to move on to yes. uh, something different? Okay. Yes. Then. Right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day 
in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years and I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, if your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going? Can I come with you? And you just sort of amble along and you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult, then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit. We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says, oh, I can never have another one. And then in a couple of months' time, they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them. And um, We've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start. It's a lovely way to start your morning. It never fails to give me something, something nice to think about, something interesting to think about, even if it's not nice. And having a dog is a sort of a, a universality, really. The people aren't all like me, as I hope you'll realise over the course of the series. Leading up to the 1860 election, in walks a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln, who is the Republican candidate. The Republicans to the South re represent the ending of slavery. And Lincoln, despite the fact that his sentiment was always in the beginning to preserve the Union rather than to abolish slavery, becomes the lightning rod of anti-Southern sentiment. And he ends up winning the election in 1860 with no support from the South. The Guardian, Manchester, Tuesday, November 20th, 1860. Summary of news, foreign. The details respecting the presidential election furnished by the New York journalist, not complete, but they not only assure us of Mr. Lincoln's election, but show that the Republican Party has obtained far more than the requisite number of votes for his return. It is calculated that New York, Pennsylvania, the New England states, New Jersey, and the Northwestern states give him 171 electoral votes, or 19 more than the majority required for the election, the total number of electoral votes being 303. It is not improbable, too, that this majority may be further swelled by the result of the elections in the Pacific states of Oregon and California. We have no account of the manner in which the Southerners have received the intelligence of Mr. Lincoln's election. The next advices will no doubt be filled with fierce Southern declamations and protest, but it's not very likely that any Southern states will do anything mere than talk loudly about succession. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes, 
From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Hello, dum dum it's Yoko Bear here calling with the Social Media Roundup. I'm going to start with the forum this time. A couple of things that have caught my eye. Um, first of all, we had a first-time poster who asked us to be gentle with him, and I think we were. Uh, Neil Watson said, Just a quick thought. If David is too old to be attorney for Rory, then surely Pip is the next logical choice, young enough to have an idea how to best represent him and has farming knowledge. Um... Yeah, Neil, I really wouldn't be trusting Pip with anything at the moment. Um, give it a while. I think, she, you know, she's she's proved to be a little bit... Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Um, also, as well, Kiwi Listener pointed out um, something that I actually had to go back and listen to, which was when Justin was talking to Helen about the Food and Drink Awards, Kiwi Listener says, when he said, defending your title, of course, huh, that closing her sounded very much like Rob stroke Tim Watson. And yeah, do you know what? I listened back and it did. Bit scary, that one. Um, there was another post on the forum where Janice Pope was asking, what's going on with Anisha and Rex? And Miss Mid-City um, posted a brilliant post, which was kind of um, yeah, outlining what's going on, but ended with something I thought was quite interesting, which said, the residents of Ambridge... Um, are often rubbish at um, normal romantic relationship. There's normally something unbalanced and unhealthy going on, like a lack of commitment, staleness, emotional game playing, or something predatory. Um, yeah, I think in some cases, um, I think Bert and Frieda, oh, they were a lovely couple. Oh, I miss Frieda, even though we, you know, we didn't know what she ever said. Um, but I think maybe we've been kind of overshadowed by uh, the Robin Helen storyline. Maybe things are a little better. And little, I don't know. I don't know. But I thought it was an interesting point. We started the week on the Book of Face. And oh, by the way, on the Book of Face, we've reached a milestone. We now have 1,600 um, lookalikers on the Book of Face. Um, that's 1600. Same amount of people that I've got on my Facebook page, but with two noughts on the end. Um, we started off the week talking about um, boilers. Um, and it was a bit of a boring bit of the storyline, maybe. Um, Emma Louise Woodhouse said maybe it was just an excuse to give Christine some lines. Um, and Martin Van de Heuvel said, alas, the days of steamy shower, saying, shower scenes are long gone. Um, we asked for predictions for the coming week, and Rachel Hannah has won the prize um, by saying, I'm not sure whether I can say the word she said, so I might have to edit it a little bit. So, um, Tom will continue to be a bad word. In other words, an idiot. Um, yes, I think you've won that one, because he certainly did. Um Themes for Ambridge Fates. Um, well, yeah, Robert Brum, Festival of Speed. Everyone drives around the course as fast as possible and Linda points awards to the fastest. Um, but I did like Joel Heeson's, which was the nine circles of hell. <laughs> yeah, that quite appealed to me. Um, also as well, I posted a Will Grundy appreciation thread. 
there was no appreciation. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, not a lot of love for Will, especially with the cricket team. But um, I thought Glyn Fullerlove said very poetically and philosophically, those who the Archer scriptwriters wish to destroy first drop them from the cricket team. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, we also had a post about um, the interludes with Kirsty and Jill. Um, Dee Nichols, recently married, our very own goddess Diva, says she's loving it. It's sweet and touching, and I'm learning about bees. Um, yeah, birds and bees. Hmm. Exactly. Right, okay, what else have we got? Well, we kind of ended the week by thinking about whether Justin will up the money um, for the land just to please Lillian. Um, Yeah, there was a few comments on that. I mean, I think this is going to be the next big thing, isn't it? The whole Matt, Justin, Lillian thing. She's... It's cracking, isn't it? The Justin, Lillian thing. Well, that's what I think, anyway. She loves a bad boy, doesn't she? Um, So, yeah, it's been a good week on both the forum and the the Book of Face. So, let's make it a good week next week. But like I said, Book of Face, 1600. Bit of a milestone. Okay, that's me done for the week. Bye. Right. Thank, Thank you, you Yokel Bear. Bear. That was yes, splendid. Sorry you couldn't make the meet up. But uh, yeah, I have a, a friend who has to suffer uh, the the incompetencies of GWR trains. And um, I, I follow him on Twitter and every morning he complains to GWR about the bloody trains. <laughs> Luckily I cycle work, so I, I don't complain about that. Anyway, so speaking of meetups. We have a couple of meetups, don't we, Lucy? We do. There's a Dumpty Dum Toronto meetup this week, and it's hosted by Mary Not Contrary on the 4th of July at 4 p.m. until 7 p.m. EDT. And I sort of worked out that EDT is Eastern Daylight Saving Time, and it's at Red's Midtown Tavern, 382 Yonge Street, Toronto. That's Red's Midtown Tavern on Yonge Street in Toronto. That sounds quite nice. If someone were to buy me a first-class ticket, I'd happily attend. I'd have to get up quite early in the morning though because it's tomorrow as we are recording i like the idea of saying do you want to go to the midtown tavern rather than yes she goes to the pub just sounds a bit gloomy and unimpressive doesn't it i looked it up and um they've got they've got lots of large racks of meat on offer it looks red leather booths and chairs it looks quite nice Mm. anyway so if you're still at work at 4 p.m by the way just pop along when you've finished for a quickie uh, by a quickie, we mean a drink and a natter. <laughs> and we have another meetup, which is, uh, well, round about my neck of the woods. If any of you are hanging around in Tadcaster in Yorkshire and fancy a Dumpty Dum meetup, Zoe is organising one at the end of July. The action will happen at Everything Good Goes. Uh, I haven't looked that up yet, but I certainly will be after we finish recording. And it takes place from 6pm on Friday the 29th of July. Get in touch with her via the forum and paint Tadcaster red. Or at least a brightish mauve. Now, um, it should be mauve. Is, is it mauve, the pronunciation? It's I always mauve. struggle. Yes, I did it's have mauve. a little snigger then when you said mauve. <laughs> well, I, I guess because mauve. I think in Yorkshire we say mauve. And I guess because I'm talking Don't be about ridiculous. It. Nobody says the word mauve in Yorkshire. <laughs> We don't have the colour more. No. <laughs> we have, we have grey because everything's covered in coal dust. <laughs> now, oddly enough, oddly enough, I will be in Yorkshire uh, that weekend because it's my father's 82nd birthday. Oh. Yes. So Happy if I'm birthday, not too... Mr Fingers. See you. Yes. <laughs> so if I'm not too tiddly, I, c- I could pay a surprise visit, couldn't I? 
That's a shock and, visit, I think, if that would be referred to. Yes. All right, so those are the two Dumpty Dums, one in Toronto and one in Tadcaster. Both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to work out which end is which, if you can. All right, Lucy, can yes. we have your tweets of the week, please? Yes, Elgin Emma 1 had uh, Brian saying, how are things at Brookfield, David, going? My wife's a pain, Pib is unbearable, and Josh is a wanker. Brian says, and Ben? And David goes, who? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Philip M. Hughes had Emma saying, would you like some... Sorry, I'm not doing my Emma voice. Would you like some gattucks with your cappuccini? And Linda saying, it's pronounced gatto. And Emma saying, oh, bollo, my mistake. <laughs> Very good, Philip. Keith Dowsett said, Good morning. I am Ivan. I am here to sort out the boiler. Can we hurry, please, as I have to unite all the rushes this afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> and Purple Cump Pumpkin said, Ooh, Harrison, I know I run two small businesses, but can you explain our household finances to me, you big strong man? Yes, it was a little bit like that. And Dr. Wallington <clears throat> this is a bit rude talking about uh, 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 Eddie's somewhat uh, fulsome description of the catering at Grange Farm. They just come expecting a three-way, Clary. They take or leave the eggs Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> God, who would you do a three-way of that house? <sighs> no, I don't Ed. I'll probably go for Bartleby Ed. before Ed. anyone else. Ed. 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 Yeah, I like Ed. You know that. Mm. Not as much as Anisha. I was going to say, I don't think you like Ed in the way I like Ed, but anyway. I could be persuaded. <laughs> I always had a shine for for, uh, for Charlie, actually. But anyway, my man crush was on Charlie. But Really? Yeah. What was it about him that floated your boat? I don't know. Was it his polytunnel? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll, years of therapy will drag it out of me. But uh, there we are. Exciting. Because he... Yeah. Anyway, shall we move on? Yeah, no, well, no, I don't really want to. I'm very intrigued by you discovering <laughs> dis discovering your. Um... Well, there are man crushes, you know. I don't mean I, I would run off into the sunset with him, but I, you know, I sort of. Well, I saw his picture, and he looked quite handsome. So, after that, you know, ah. if I were to, you know, step Robert over the crease, Chow. so to speak, <laughs> and back for the other side, if um, one man down, Robert and exactly. Charlie yeah. sitting. That, was, in the that reminds me of the thing that. Um, Oh God! Is this is this libelous? Probably. It's a uh, very the, old anecdote, and everybody's heard it. I know the one you're going to say, but I would oh. step in if they're one man down. Is that it? No, it's the one. It was Michael Caine, um, and someone was asking Michael Caine about Richard Gere, and they said, "You know, is Richard Gere um, straight?" And he said, "Yes, but he does like to help them out at the weekend." <laughs> Compared with most of the stories that go around about Richard Gere, that's mild. So that's all right. <laughs> Sure yes, we got well, away with that one. Moving on. Because <laughs> we were talking about Kevin the gerbil a few weeks ago, weren't we? Were. we? Yes. <laughs> That's a callback. So, if you'd like to help keep our little show on the road, there are erotic ways this can be done. You can donate. Please by... send a file in a cake. <laughs> you can donate by hitting Sorry. the donate button on the site, or you can sponsor us via patreon.com. Or... If you happen to work for a company with lots of moolah who wants to reach 35,000 bloody marvellous intelligent generally spiffing people worldwide, then give us the contact details of your marketing person and we will harass them into sponsoring us. Hurrah! Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the site. That's dumptydum.com. 
com or call 0203-031-3105. That's 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. You can find Lucy and Royfield on Twitter at Dumpty Dum and I am at Naked Fingers. And that's your lot. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 